Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. It's another episode. It's Movember. I'm doing, I'm doing like eight episodes this month. Patrick Brady fixed the audio. That's right. Cause that's one of the credits. Mike Rickberg just sang that song. He composed that, uh, that song and sang it with his girlfriend, uh, Sarah Cohen. He will sing again at the end of the program. Now, uh, the website being done by Vilmosh. Uh, he does JackieCation.com, and he could do yours if you want. HiredGunCoding.com, if you go to that and uh, check out his website, Making Skills, Knock Yourselves Out. This month is November. November and December, I ask that you do not donate to the Dork Forest. Donate. There's 10 other months that you can donate to the Dork Forest. 10 bucks a month gives me 100 bucks a, uh, a year from everybody. That would be great. But in November, you should find a food bank in your local area because what the heck, a couple of months a year, you could you give them t- 10 bucks a month maybe or, or whatever you have. If you Google the words food bank and then the name of your town, the one will show up. doesn't matter where you are. You could be in Nairobi and I bet you there's a food bank and you could help them out. Anyway, so that's that. If you do want to uh, get a T-shirt or a CD or a DVD, that's available at JackieCation.com uh, in the store. So my new CD and DVD, this will make an excellent horcrux, are available there. You can also go to All Things Records, allthingscomedy.com slash Jackie Cation to download a $5 version of the video. Instead of buying the DVD, you can just get it for five buck download. And All Things Comedy, by the way, dot com, they're making a, a, a great space for people to record podcasts for comics to record their podcasts. I do it in my living room, but it's really, it's going to be a really nice space. And all things comedy is looking for a $5 donation from everybody. And then that'll pay for it. That'll do all the equipment and everything. And it's the Bill Burr, Al Madrigal, um, podcast network. And there's a lot of great podcasts on there, including Aaron Foley and, and Eddie Pepitone and Baron Vaughn and a thousand others that I'm spacing out Tom Papa then I'm spacing at this time, but uh, they're very good. And so if you're always looking for new podcasts, go to allthingscomedy.com and look at browse their pods. Uh, the other way you can help the show if you want, as we go into the holiday season, you can use the Amazon banner on jackiecation.com. There's a white banner, uh, sort of the right-hand side, and it's just a portal back into Amazon, and then you order normal, and then I get a kickback. I get a little taste of uh, of whatever from Amazon, and we all order from them, so if you're going to order from them and you're not using somebody else's portal, use my portal. What the heck? JackieCation.com. Other than that, I think that is it. There's going to be a nice ad in a second uh, for Bob Calhoun's book. And uh, this is a great episode, but it comes out November 21st. Happy Thanksgiving if you enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday, if you have a war on Thanksgiving. Weird. Weird, I say. But... um I'm going to be headlining in Los Angeles at Flappers Burbank, and that is Friday the 28th and 29th. And then in December, I'm uh, the first weekend of December, the 4th through the 7th, I'm with Brian Regan all over the coast of California, San Luis Obispo, Santa Rosa, Temecula, and Bakersfield. And then the following week, I'm in Michigan in Ann Arbor, and then I'm in Aspen, Colorado, December 20th. So these things are upcoming. Anyway, let's get into the show. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Enjoy. Shattering conventions, shattering conventions, shattering, shattering. Hey, I sang. It's Jackie Cation. Shattering conventions, commerce, cosplay, and conflict on the expo floor by Bob Calhoun is this month's sponsor. It's a hilarious and disturbing book. Friend of the show, conventions dork Bob Calhoun has been on the show, previous episode. 
He goes to all kinds of different conventions, trade shows and expos, and writes about it in Shattering Conventions. But he doesn't just go to Comic-Con and Star Trek conventions. He goes to a gun show, a livestock show, a Republican convention, a conspiracy convention. I remember being uh, slightly worried when he went to that one. And even a Bigfoot hunter con. There's all kinds of crazy and wrong in this book, and it's not always where you expect to find it. Not only have I read this book, I endorsed it with a blurb on the back cover, and I recommend it to all rangers of the dork forest and spooky reading girls within the sound of my voice. The book is Shattering Conventions, Commerce, Cosplay, and Conflict on the Expo Floor by Bob Calhoun. It's available in ebook and paperback from Amazon.com and other fine booksellers. Uh, for more on the book, go to ShatteringConventions.com. It's a really good book. You should get it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest sitting in my living room. Hooray. Uh, Jimmy Pardo, welcome back to the Hi, show. Hi, Jackie. It's good to be back. At Jimmy Pardo on the Twitter, and never not funny, hugely popular. Six months. Just found out six months longer than the Dork Forest. You've been, you, you've been in the business, ground floor, like plastics. Uh, you got in the ground floor of, uh, of podcasting before me. March, uh, 2006. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah. And mine, September 2006. Yeah, so. I got in. I heard you were thinking about it. And I said, she will not beat me to the punch <laughs> on podcasting. How did you hear about it? Because I heard about it at an open mic. About what? About podcasting? podcasting. Uh, Matt Belknap was doing a podcast uh, called uh, AST Radio. Before both of us? Yeah. Yeah. Matt Belknap. Ground. That's well, and, ground. And, and ground of course, floor. Ricky Gervais was doing it before us. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't uh, care about Ricky Gervais. Well, that's I, don't, how, I don't know that guy. That's how I knew what a podcast was, because of Ricky. <laughs> okay. And then Matt came to my house. He was doing this AST radio. And it really was, I don't even know if it was called a podcast yet, but he could, but he would like put it up on a, uh, a special thing.com. Okay. Interviewing comedians. Okay. And then, pardon me, after he did mine, he walked, uh, he said, he goes, I think I'd have more fun producing a, a show for you. Okay. And so we, then we tried to turn my talk show at the UCB into a, a podcast. Right. And then we ended up just doing that uh, like this. We ended up being at my house across right. the dining room table for a year with Mike Schmidt, and then Mike left the show. Right. And, uh, and, and we've been going ever since. Ever since. This is a real nice card table. That's what we're working on here. This, this, is, is, a, this is a nice table. This is a real nice – this folds up. goes right behind that door. folds it up. You, you, you put it out of the way. Out of the way. Regular social things happen in this living mm-hmm. room when I'm not recording the door. I've been us. in this living room for social events. That's right. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. I don't know when, but one right. day we're going to have another social event. I'm in favor of it. So uh, this uh, will uh, be available to the people. I like to call it dropped. Some people make fun of me. I don't know why. It's not an album, but I mean, that's what happens is I drop it into the Internet and mm-hmm. the Internet puts it back out. I again. don't drop it. I upload you, it. Oh, do you upload Well, I don't. No. I'm, no, the, no. You know, I'm the talent. <laughs> And Groundhog Day. Did you? Did he just refer to himself as the talent? Mm-hmm. That's a great one of my favorite lines. November twenty first, which is weird because one one week later, the Pardcastathon. The Pard- day day after Thanksgiving, Pardcastathon. It oh, goes Friday. from noon to midnight over at UCB? Pacific time. Pacific time at the Acme Theater. Oh, going to be at the Acme. On but more importantly, it streams live at NeverNotFunny.com. Okay, and it's a telethon to raise money for Smile Train. Uh, so if you can give money, it, uh, each surgery only costs $250 and takes 45 minutes to change a child's life. Right. But donate a dollar, donate $5, donate as much as you can. Yeah, and fix uh, cleft palates all over the world. It's uh, it's a great organization. I'm proud to be associated with them, and we have raised close to half a million dollars for them that's from my stupid little podcast. That's See? See? Helper Magoo. That's you. No. No? Nope. No? No, no one's ever referred to me as that, but I... Uh, <laughs> I will. Welcome to the Dork Forest. Uh, I'm Helper Magoo. Helper Magoo. I'm Chatty Magoo. My sister, Bossy Magoo. Yeah? Uh, we're, what about Phil? <laughs> Philcation? Yeah. Philcation? Uh, kind of a crier Magoo. Oh. That guy, Emo. Emo Magoo. Uh, <laughs> guess what? He, uh, at the coffee shop, he's got some buddies listening to the Dork Forest. Hey, everybody over at uh, the coffee shop in Minneapolis, which is called Cafetto, uh... Tell Phil that I call him Emo Magoo, if you would. Phil doesn't listen, but his friends do. Yeah. No. Aren't you a fan of that? I like when I have people like my cousins will go, yeah, my best friend thinks you got the greatest <laughs> podcast. What the? Even what that recommendation, you don't listen? Nothing. Nothing. I've had more than more than three members of my immediate family say to me, you know, I don't really like stand-up comedy. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck, at which point I want to say, you know, I don't really like money laundering. But whatever, <laughs> whatever you do for a living is awesome. So. Good. Jimmy Pardo, let's yes. get into this. The band 
Chicago. The, 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 you said you could dork out about the band Chicago. Well, I, I mean, I, uh, are I, they from Chicago? Yeah, they're. Yeah, of course they are. Well, I, you they could have been from Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, no, no, no. They're from Chicago. Uh, they they're were, from Chicago land. They, are uh, they white? Just my God, uh, I don't know anything. A about A lot of Chicago. questions. These are a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, they. Well, they started in the uh, late sixties. They were the. Uh, they were called the Chicago Transit Authority. Really? And uh, then the. I believe the mayor. Threatened to sue them if they Daily. didn't change their name. Daly. Was that Mayor Daly in the late 60s? That would have been. That would have been. There was some graph. Uh, Richard yeah. J. Daly. Yeah, that sounds right. Dick Daly. And he, uh, so then they changed their name too. And I'm, this is, I remember when this was like in a, I think it's in the first album, uh, in the liner notes. Uh, so know them simply as Chicago. <laughs> and I always, whenever I read that, I th- again, I think it's in the first, uh, the liner notes of the gatefold of, of CTA, which is the name of the first album. Okay. Uh, which I want to say came out in 67. Is that what you have down there? I have, uh, I have Chicago Transit Authority, 1969. 69, huh? Yeah. And then Chicago 2, 1970. 70, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, I always thought it was, maybe they got together in 67. And then the album came out in '69. That, that makes sense. That, you, you got you got to get a catalog before you start well, you recording. Well, you got to play around a little right, bit. Right, right. You uh, You're doing covers until then. They were know. doing covers at Barnaby's on State. It was really. A, it was a, on State Street, a place called Barnaby's in Chicago. Was how at awesome that time would it have called, been to see something? Well, it was. Uh, well, I would have been uh, one, right, so you I may not have appreciate it. No, you might would have been loud. Would have been really loud. A lot of trumpets. Um, they uh, they were called the uh, the big thing. Is what they were called then. Okay. And then they changed their name to CTA. Okay. And then, um, uh, and then Chicago, just straight and up then Chicago. Simply in Chicago. 70. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and who's in, who's in the band? How many now or the then? Band? Then. Well, then you had the three horns. You had Jimmy Panko on trombone. Okay. Uh, who lives right over here in Calabasas. Really? Yeah. And, right. uh, that's what he said. I've met him a couple times. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, he has been nothing, nothing but a nice man. Uh, recognized my name from television, thought I was a VO guy. Okay. And then okay. he finally figured out that I'm a comedian. I don't know if he really figured it out, but, uh, he's always kind and nice. And, uh, he always goes, we're living the dream. <laughs> we're living the dream. We're still, we're, are you putting food on the plate? Yeah. We're doing it. That's it. We're, we're doing it. We're doing our dream. He's, you know what? That is the best attitude ever. It is. And he goes, I'm still doing it. He goes, look at me. I'm 70 years old. I'm still doing this. I'm he's living, still playing a trombone. Trombone. In and, a band. and still looks. Oh, he's, he oh. has always been. He was the sexy one in the band. Oh, was he? Panko. Uh, he, he would wear a uh, a leather vest on stage back in the seventies mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. nothing. No shirt. No shirt. Oh, that is a look. And look, and and even as and a straight it. white man, I would go, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, that's what you're wearing. You look great with a seventies beard and, and the hair. But uh, he, I always say, uh, I would say to him, I go, Jimmy, where do you? I go, do you live in Nashville with the other? No, we're over here in Calabasas. <laughs> And then next, right next to the Kardashians, right through that gated thing. Yes, yeah. of course, it's in the money area. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because uh, um, hopefully he's still getting uh, royalties. He wrote, and I don't know how uh, you how linear you want to go with this, how timeline, uh, but he wrote uh, Make Me Smile, he wrote Color My World, he wrote Just You and Me, uh, so he is wow. making Bank. a gazillion dollars. Right, right, it's just it um, keeps coming. So he's on trombone. This okay. is back again, the original CTA. Okay. Jimmy Panko on trombone, Lee Lochnin on trumpet. Okay. Walter Perizader on woodwinds. Okay. Uh, Robert Lamb on keyboard and vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Cetera on bass and vocal. He's the only one I've ever heard of. Terry Kath on okay. lead guitar and okay. vocal. Okay. And Danny Serafin. Okay. On drums. Okay. Do you want me to then bore what is you? That, six people? That's uh, seven. Seven people. That's your original seven. So they go, they go to do a gig. They get a hundred dollars. Everybody gets nine bucks. They get nine bucks. Right. But they're living the dream. They're living the dream. Putting food on the plate. Putting food on the plate. Maybe they got free food. Uh, I would imagine Barnaby's gave them something. Right, right. They got a sandwich or something mm-hmm. in the beginning of it all. But, uh, yeah. So then, so they're the, they're the core. They're the core. They're group. the core. And then in, in the, uh, in the, around 76, 77, might have even been 75, a guy named Laudere de la Vera, uh, joined at, on percussion. Name. Percussion. Brazilian gentleman. Oh, more, more. Yeah, more, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Roder de Oliveira. And then, uh, in 1978, um, in January, I believe it is, of 1978, Terry Kath, uh, took his life accidentally. Accidentally? Oh, OD? Uh, no, he was showing, uh, 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 I can't pull the name right now, a band tech, Don, Donnie something. Okay. I think it was Donnie something. He uh, was showing a Bantech a gun, and it was loaded, and it uh, he shot himself in the head. Wow. Um, uh-huh. There is, uh-huh. of course, 
conspiracies. Oh, sure. On sure. Whether, <laughs> right. Because that's that guy. Uh, murder conspiracies or something. But right? he, but he was not happy. He was depressed. One could believe it, but I'm I'm thinking. Whenever anyone collects guns, remember Freddie Prince? Yeah, the seventies. Uh, sure. Yeah, that was a guy who collected some guns, and uh, wasn't things weren't going well. Looking good. Looking good. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. So Terry passes away. Uh, they replace him with a guy named Donnie Dacus, who went by the nickname of Hotlicks. Donnie Hotlicks Dacus. <laughs> That's guitar. Uh, uh, on guitar. And uh-huh. he was also, uh, before that, he was with Stephen Stills, and he was also in the movie Hair. Oh, was he? Don, and he was as Don Dacus. Uh, oh, as one of the, as sort of an ensemble guy? Uh, just one of the cast. Yeah, yeah, one of the, okay. uh, one of the stars. You know, it was Treat Williams. Right. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo and Don Dacus. Okay. Were the three big stars. Okay. Uh, then Don joined Chicago. He, Donnie, uh, he, he was there for Hot Streets and 13. Okay. Then they okay. got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy by the name of Chris Pinnock, uh, joined on guitar. Yeah. He was there until Cetera left in 85. And when right. Peter left in 85, a guy named Jason Sheff replaced Peter and a guy named Dwayne Bailey replaced, uh, Chris Pinnock. Wow. Then Dwayne Bailey was there, I want to say, till 92. What? Uh, I'm sorry. In 1990, Danny Serafin was fired. Oh, wait a minute. Go back. Go back. Okay. In 1982, Bill Champlin joined on guitar, vocal, and keyboard. Okay. Then in 1990, Danny Serafin was fired from drums. A guy named Tristan Bowden. Okay. Joined on drums. And then this in 19... band has employed more people. Yes, I played for them for about a month and a half. <laughs> I was on uh, <laughs> timpani. Oh, Law Daredevil Rivera left in '82. He left in '82. He and took he took he took his uh, took his and, conga and that, and that and that uh, ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> took that back. Yeah. And uh, and, and the went uh, back to those Brazil. other than those <laughs> took those away. Back to Brazil. Um, Tristan Bowden joined on drums in 1992. Dwayne Bailey was fired and replaced by Keith Howland, and that's been the band ever since. They now have a guy, Walfredo uh, uh, Reyes. On percussion. Okay. Jason Sheff, again, replaced Peter Cetera. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you the still original, have four original. Four original guys. Three horns. That's huge, actually, from 1969. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's an amazing uh, kind of thing, because they... I mean, aren't there bands that there's one guy left? Well, and... some would say that's Chicago, too, though. That, oh, yeah? You know, like, because there were seven right. to go and see them, and there's only four. And sometimes, because these are guys are getting up there in age, sometimes you can go see them, and it'll be... Just two of the four. Two of the four. Right. Or one of the four. Like, sometimes <laughs> right. there's only one horn player, two of the other guys aren't there. Right, Robert Lamb is down. always there. Robert Lamb's always there. Yeah. Now, is he one of the vocal guys? He or? is, and he wrote uh, Beginnings. Does anybody know what time it is? 25 or 6 to 4, Saturday okay. in the Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of hits. I was listening last night to one of the one of the greatest hits. I think from seventy five. Yeah, uh, Chicago Nine. Chicago Nine. That's what I was listening to. That when I was like, let's get into it. See if I know any of these songs. You knew them Turns all. Out, I know them all. Yeah, yeah. I know almost every single song that is. Yeah. On, on, and I, you know, I'm not a big like if somebody says, what album do I get in on? What yeah. album? If I don't know anything about Chicago, what album would I ever get in on? Yeah. Uh, I never like to suggest get the greatest hits, but Chicago Nine is a great. Way to wet your whistle, right? To then see if you want to journey further into getting right. earlier Be- albums because it's 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 a it it's a lot of different kinds of albums, but it, there is a definite through line yeah. to that thing. And this was the time, I believe, whenever we I'd love talking about music. I don't know a great deal about it, but I like when we pick a band mm-hmm. uh, because then I can really – or I, there was a great episode about ska. I had Brandy Posey on. She, uh, I got to learn about ska. Wow, and you talk for more than 15 seconds? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's love, She's a lover of the ska. I get so, it. I so just, she, uh, she went into it. She got into it, and I, she held forth. I don't want that. You don't want <laughs> that's, uh, If you're allergic to nuts, by the way, there's nuts in these cashews. Oh so, no! I know it. You've been eating them for about 12 minutes. I uh, uh, so <laughs> you know what? I, I I wanted the cashew. And then I realized uh, nobody wants to hear me. No, no. One guy really doesn't. One guy emails me and he's like, why? Why? Why is that happening? And I'm like, well, don't worry about it. It's free. And we're we're human beings and maybe we don't want to pass out. Right. There has to be some eating sometimes. But. Yes. Horns. I I love a band that has a band. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I don't, I myself do not enjoy jazz. You don't like uh, Miles Davis. I saw Miles Davis live once, and it oh, was no. cool. But that's all it was. That's a great – I think that's one of those where you could – like you just said, that's all it was. You check it off, and you can tell people, you know, I saw Miles Davis. I saw Miles Davis once. It was neat. It's like I saw Bob Dylan once. 
I've actually seen him more than once, but right. the first time I saw him was not until maybe five years ago. Okay. And I remember going, well, I can check that off. Right. I right. can now say I saw Bob Dylan. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't entertaining, but but I saw the legend. <laughs> right, right, and I was. Uh, I think Dana Gould told, tells that story about seeing Sinatra, and he saw Sinatra, and he couldn't. Frank Sinatra was genuinely old and couldn't remember uh, the lyrics to his own songs. So uh, all you can do in that situation is tick it off. Right, but with 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 uh, what's his name, uh, Bob Dylan, um, I don't understand what he's saying. Ever. So I love it when other people cover Bob Dylan because I like the songs. But I like to hear the words. I like, like, if you buy the two, if you buy the essential Bob Dylan, yeah, um, where you know there's some production value and stuff, and you can okay. understand what he's saying. Uh, Somebody cleaned it up. There's not a clunker on there. I oh, mean, there it, you go. It's really, really great. Right, and and I, you know, I am not to say anything. Uh, my brother Phil, that's my brother Phil. Yeah, big, big fan of Leonard Cohen. Big fan of Bob Dylan. Those are his twos. Wow. And so that's a different. It's a different guy than you. Yeah. That isn't you. That you're you're a Chicago guy. I like Bob Dylan. Right. Leonard Cohen. Not at all. No. Not not as much. I like Leonard Cohen. He kind of um, it's it's gravelly, but again, I like it when other people cover it because then I can understand what's being said. Yeah. Uh, and what was his big hit? Um, everybody knows. You remember everybody knows? Concrete Blonde did it in uh, Pump Up the Volume. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. The uh, the River Phoenix film. Uh, that was not a Christian Slater. Christian Slater, rather, it was on there MCA Records. Right. It was. Uh, I just watched it about three weeks ago. I was. I decided to put in. Uh, some crap. I was like, I'm watching some craptastic. Two weeks notice, music and lyrics, mm-hmm. pump up the volume, Groundhog Day. Uh, I'm going to say pump up the volume didn't hold up at all. It does. It does hold really? up. Really? Weirdly enough, holds up. Pirate radio. Pirate radio. In a basement. In a basement and then driving around in a Jeep with like a ham radio uh, broadcasting. Uh-huh. Worked like a charm. All right. And uh, PG, weirdly enough, back in those days, meant uh, free boobs. Oh, is that true? Yeah, that's weird, right? So there's some, um, so gentlemen, ladies, uh, everybody who's, who's into free boobs that's listening out there, Rangers, uh, get out there, rent, pump up the volume. Might be available streaming. Are we, we calling know. that 89 or 90? What year did that movie come out? I think 89, 90. What happens sometimes in the dork forest mm-hmm. is that my phone rings and then I gotta go hang up on somebody. So tell a story about, uh, either uh, a movie that you love or a Chicago. Um, well, I saw Chicago. The very first time I saw yeah. Chicago was, uh, 1982. Uh, no, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> 1981, I saw that my friend Gary Shera. Uh, Gary is, uh, ended up moving to Nashville and was a, mu- a touring musician and wrote some songs and, and had some hits. Yeah. And, uh, he was on tour with some, uh, uh, some uh, famous, uh, artists, uh, playing keyboards and a backup vocalist. Right. A uh, really talented guy who I went to high school with. And, uh, he took me to my, I went with him to see my first, uh, Chicago show, and we sat in the front row. Where'd you go? Where, what, what at theater? Chicago Fest. So There's, it was an outdoor Chicago Fest. Used to be a once a year, kind of like Milwaukee like Fest. Like Summer Fest. Yeah, same okay. Summer Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so it was an outside venue. Yes. And was it just them? Well, it was. Who opened for them? Uh, Lee Rittenauer. Oh, that's J- awesome. Jazz guitarist Lee Rittenauer. Yeah, yeah. Who I then got uh, on board with, and then I've just gone away from. But right. uh, at the time, I, you know, oh, good. because I don't, you know, other before that, I'd seen Kiss, you know, and right, and so like to see another artist live and see Lee Rittenauer, it was kind of like, well, now I'm a big Lee Rittenauer fan, yeah, you know, and and, and, and so there's some nostalgia there listening to that album that was out uh, in '81, right? Um, and we went to the afternoon, we went to the matinee show. Uh, cause there was two shows cause it was a, a Chicago fest. Right. And, uh, we got there early cause that's what Gary and his friends wanted to do. And we sat, uh, like I say, in the front row. Front row. And I knew Chicago cause my dad is a huge Chicago fan. Okay. You know, not so much anymore, but right. at the time. He was like, this is a great band. Yeah. And he would play them all the time in the, you know, in the car right. or you know, probably had eight tracks he would play or sure. he'd play the vinyl. Good chunk. Um, and so I knew the hits. Mm-hmm. This the show that I saw in eighty one was one of maybe three shows Chicago did the entire year. Okay, and it's kind of it's a set list that if I saw that set list today, I would go, "That's the best set list in the world." Yeah. At the time, I was thinking, I don't know any of these songs. Oh, they right. Better, they better play a couple of hits here because right. it was like this really weird, uh, kind of self indulgent set. Yeah. Um. A uh, very fan friendly uh, set, casual fan, not so much. Yeah. Um, because it was deep cuts. Deep cuts. The uh, a song called "Mother," uh, a, 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 a song called "Doing Business" that wasn't released on an album until uh, the two thousands when it was a bonus track. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Uh, maybe the nineties was on a box set. Okay. But, um, but definitely like 10 years, 12 years after it had been. Oh, 20 minimum. Uh, let's see if I saw him 81. They performed it a thousand times and nothing. Doing business, doing business. All right. Every mama. <laughs> and, uh, here's the, here's the deal. Peter Cetera, uh, like, like when they did do a, a hit, like they did Robert Land, like Saturday in the Park, which they may have opened with. Okay. Because it, it was a Saturday in the park. Oh, right. I think it was August 1st of 1981. Okay. And, um, they said, uh, that's Bobby Lamb. That's Bobby Lamb. And I then spent, cause my OCD head couldn't get comfortable. Yep. Is it Bob Elam? Is it Bobby Lamb? Right. What? So you we, didn't know what his name was. I didn't was. know his name. So you sat in the front row. And that's the committee meeting that you were holding on in, in my head. <laughs> going, well, what is that? And then, so then they, they finally, they do another couple of songs. And then Peter Cetera says, well, let me introduce everybody. Let's introduce the band. Uh, on drums, that's Danny. Ah, you know who everybody is. And I'm like, no, I don't. No, I just at least say that man's name. <laughs> one more time. One more time. Yeah. Robert E. Lamb. Yeah. Is uh, that his name? I, and I guess, it, it took me until I, I got home and looked at the album. What is it? Uh, it's Robert Lamb. It is Robert, Robert Lamb. Robert Bob Lamb. Lamb. Bobby And he went Lamb. as Bobby in the 80s for, uh, and, he, and he hates it now. Oh, does he? Yeah. In fact, I saw him recently uh, at the Saban uh, here in uh, L.A., and some guy, uh, Robert was up there talking and some guy said, um, uh, I love you, Bobby. And he goes, I love you too, sir, but I haven't been Bobby for 20 years, right. but with venom. like, like serious rage, like, like, like I'm not, He's I, like, I'm, I, I am not a bartender. Don't call me Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, but he went enough. by Bobby. It was on the, it was in the albums, right? Know, keyboard and vocal, Bobby Lamb. Yep. Uh, but it was a time of his life that I guess he chooses to forget, uh, because of where it's he It's weird was. that he kept the same job, uh, cause yeah. uh, it's going to be hard to forget that. And, uh, it'd be like if I wanted to start pronouncing my name Cashian, uh, cause, uh, that's what my, a lot of my siblings have doing it now. They were, well, they're, they're, they're because of the, the Kardashians? No, no. Cause the Archbishop of, uh, of the, the East Coast Archbishop told my sister that it was actually pronounced Cashian or Cashian or whatever the fuck it is. Um, instead of Cation. Instead of Cation, which is what my father has always pronounced. And, it as. And, 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 and so three of my siblings out of the six of us are currently repronouncing their name something weird. And I'm like, do whatever you want. Thumbs down. <laughs> Thumbs down. Thumbs down, Thumbs Bobby Lamb. You three. Uh, but, but, but I get Bobby, uh, you know, I, I was Jim for a while and, yep. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, so I, I get that you go through the phases and you want, you know, it's yeah. like, I, that's you not who I am today. You want to be called Thomas or you want to be, right. right. And you're like, ah, Tommy, Tom, whatever, yeah. TJ. I think it was a drug addled part of his life that right. he kind of wants to forget. So he wants to mature his way out of yeah. it. And so he's like, well, no, I'm, 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 I'm past that. Yeah, so. He's also 70. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, they're, they're 70 years old now, this band. Are they really? Yeah, the original. It makes perfect sense. It makes, I mean, 1969, they were probably 20. Yeah. Well, my, he's 50 years old. my dad was born in 43, and I, and most of these guys were born. He was in the born, war then, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, of course. He <laughs> fought for this country. He <laughs> fought for this country he's a in patriot. 1943. Uh huh. Yeah, he's, they set him off uh, as an infant. They, uh, I used to do that joke about me going to Vietnam. My parents sent me to Vietnam. I, yeah. I was, I was three, but I went. You do. It's, um, you know what's weird is I used to, uh, because uh, I have a buddy who was in Ho Chi Minh City in 1975 when the when the when the regime fell because his dad was in the diplomatic corps and I said were you on the Ho Chi Minh Trail and your bike fell over because uh, that's what because he would have been seven I yeah, think at yeah, the yeah. time or something or ten and uh, so yeah yeah those are great stories they anyway, sure are good oh, stuff war <laughs> good stuff war uh, they uh, so uh, wait what do I so they, they were born right around the same time as my dad most of the originals oh, okay around 43, okay. 44. Okay. And, so, uh, yeah, so they're seven, they're 70. They're 70 years old. 71. And they're still playing. They're still playing out. Yes. And, you know, mixed, you know, as, as much as they can. But, but I, okay, so I, I, I digressed. I, I weeded this off, this whole, the idea of the horns. Mm -hmm. I like, cause I like big band. Okay. I like big band music. And I like, uh, rock. And I think Chicago is a nice mix of the two of them. Yes, of course. They're, they're yeah. rock and roll with horns. That's how they describe themselves. Oh, is that how? Okay. And you know, I mean, that's how they describe themselves now and, 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 uh, you know, in the sixties and seventies. In the eighties, of course, they went through the phase that everybody did where everybody wanted to be, you know, have a Diane Warren hit. And, you know, uh, <laughs> what's that? What you is know, a, a, Diane a power ballad. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, so, you know, they had hard to say I'm sorry in 82. 
Oh, uh, right. You're the inspiration. I think I tried uh, to roller skate backwards to both of those. I, I, could, I would imagine that yeah, was right in that the, wheel, uh, right in that time frame. That would have been the one. Uh, you know the, what people call the you know the downfall of Chicago, which you know the, the, those albums. If you're not a power ballad guy, you know there's other great songs on Chicago 16, 17, 18, and nineteen. Okay. Um, but the, but but that was the, the that was the that, stuff that people were putting. That was out. the norm. I mean, that yeah. was that was what everybody was doing. It was you know every artist was doing that. Now some could say. Well, stay true to who you are. Don't try to have a hit. Right. But who the fuck doesn't want a hit? Part of my language. Right. You know, I mean, you, people want a hit. You want a hit. Yeah. And yeah. this is a band, Chicago, that, you know, they had one time, I think they had four albums in the top ten. Wow. And like they, like everything was Chicago. So there were only other six other albums. In right. The, in the top, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, I think Chicago five, six, seven, Eight, ten, like they all went to number one. Okay, and then they went. Then they completely fell off. The you know uh, they were nothing. Right. And then they came back in '82 with "Hard to Say I'm Sorry," and it's like, well, this is it's a different time, it's different music. We're gonna make hits. Right, right. And so we're gonna do this. Yeah, I, I think the first time I heard of Chicago was on Casey Kasem. Yeah. And uh, because they were hits, and he would t- count down the top forty. Sure. And it was always, it was he would talk over the beginning of the song. It's my least favorite thing is to talk over the beginning or the end of the song where I was like, well, wait, the song's begun. Song's, it, that's still part of the song, guys. I'd like to hear the beginning of the song. Isn't that and funny? I never, yeah. And it was, but, um, but I do, I do like them. It's, it's, there, there's all of that stuff where are there other bands that, I mean, they were, they were not unique in, in that. Well, there was uh, Blood, Sweat and Tears. Tears, okay. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, my Chicago accent. Blood, right. Sweat, and Tears, <laughs> uh, who were produced by the same guy, Jimmy Gershio, James Gershio. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, there's one more from that time that I can't pull right out. I mean, well, Ides of March, some could argue the Ides of March had some horns in them. They did okay. the song Vehicle. Okay. I'm your vehicle, baby. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. Right. Well, because last night when I was listening to the, 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 the greatest hits, there was a, a flute. Uh, I don't know who was playing a flute. That's on Walt Perizetter on woodwinds. Okay. Oh, he did the whole all the woodwinds. Yeah, saxophone, well, yeah. oboe, clarinet, flute. I didn't remember that there was any flute. I mean, in I can color only... my world. Okay, because I was thinking it was it was all Jethro Tull for flute. Aha. That's what I was thinking it had to be, and it was it it wasn't you know because I think of Jethro Tull as more of like acid rock. I don't even know if that's a it's prog it's prog rock prog rock. Yeah, is Chicago considered prog rock? No, they're called probably jazz fusion. Probably uh, okay. Uh, you know, that's the weird thing. I think that's part of the problem that they had is that you didn't know how to describe them. Cause somebody might have called them prog rock. Maybe. And they were doing, sure. Uh, I mean, it's not as moody as prog. Although when they first started, you know, they did, you know, Robert Lamb wrote, you know, uh, d- uh, dialogue or, you know, State of the Union off Chicago 5 and, or even stuff on Chicago 3, you know, again, Mother, which is about Mother Earth. Okay. And, uh, Flight 60, ah, 602, is it? Okay. But all like Vietnam War, uh, you know, uh, Era. Uh, they had a song called a song for Richard and his friends, basically telling Richard Nixon to get out of here. Oh, really? We're, we're sick of your shit. Okay. Uh, you but know. to a nice beat. With yeah. the, with well, the... some would argue that may not be a nice beat on <laughs> song for Richard and his friends. Okay. Uh, I think it's a pretty, you gotta be a big fan to dig that. Okay. Um, but they, you know, they were very, uh, uh, like just the uh, story they're telling is it sometimes it's like some of the lyrics I was listening to, they were kind of sad. Well, it depends what song. Right, because they, but there was, there was a lot of, they, they do a lot of love songs. Well, they did, even back then, see, that's what's funny you say that, uh, Jackie, that, yeah. uh, uh, it's funny you're saying that, Jackie, point, <laughs> point of order, dork. Um, please do. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> uh, it, uh, everybody blames Satara and, you know, If You Leave Me Now in 1976 for, well, that's where they sold out, that's where they became a pussy man. It's like, okay. well, Just You and Me is a love song. You know, uh, Color My World off Chicago 2 is a love song. Right. Now, yes, it has some unique time uh, changes, changes and, and, okay. and, and, and uh, you know, uh, structure. And, like, there's a great soprano saxophone solo in the middle of Just You and Me. Okay. Uh, which may not have happened in the 80s, but uh, it would have been a horrible synthesizer. Right. Um, but um, th- that's kind of who they were. They were a mixture of this rock and roll with horns, and then they yeah. would do a ballad. Yeah. And... Back to back, and it was a time where nobody thought it was weird. Like even Zeppelin would do "Going to California" after Black Dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like two different. It's the same band. They still have the same vibe. The same with Wings. I mean, Wings had like. I well, mean, but some could argue that Paul McCartney is just a sappy jackass, and that the rock and roll songs are the 
Or the or oh the the, the rarity, the exception. Oh, okay. I'm not that guy, but no, no. some would. Okay, yeah. It's but I, but I thought that like because I only have I only have hits in history, the wings, That's all you need. which is it is all you need because it's a like it's got to be fifty. Songs. I know it's got everything right. <laughs> so some of them are some of them are really sappy, and some of them are are. Well, a jet. Yeah. Band on the Run. Band on the Run is in my top five favorite songs of all time. That and seems I'm to be not... three different songs, is it? Yeah, not? yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Doesn't it yeah. turn in? It just keeps going. And then, yeah. Band on. Right. It, seriously, it goes from, it's long. Yeah. It changes major time code. Time code? That can't be it. That's not what I'm, time to 4-4 four, four, to 6-8 or what whatever. What is that called? Because that's what I'm trying, that's the same thing I'm trying to think of too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and I was happy it's when you time. said time change. I just went along with it. Yeah. It's not what I meant, but right. it was close enough. Like it's it's close as I can come to. Somebody. Time. I'm sure. I'm oh. sure. Someone. Ross Whitman. You out there? You out yelling at the iPod, yeah, but I'm Ross? this nerd that's on here to talk about music, and I can't think of like the most... Uh, but I can't remember the name of I'm it. I'm a fan. I'm not a musician. That's it. That's it. Do you play an instrument? No. Did you ever play an instrument? I took guitar lessons. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, I'm that, I'm, I admit that I'm that asshole that thinks... Oh, at the party? I can't. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. no, that guy's another... You're not that asshole? <laughs> I'm the guy who, uh, if I'm not playing after three lessons... Yeah. Oh. I'm not, I, this ain't for me. Right. Like, I, I literally think I should get those tapes from Esteban. Right. On an infomercial, <laughs> learn how to play guitar in six hours. And then all of a sudden you're, you're, and doing I'm, licks. Jimmy Licks. I'm Hot Licks Pardo. Hot Licks Pardo. True or false, Jackie? Yeah. I was at a band in high school called Rainbow Bridge. And <laughs> I want it to be true. I would jokingly say, uh, I, uh, I would introduce the band to say, and I'm Jimmy Hot Licks Pardo. <laughs> Wow, that feels true. No, it's false. That is I, false. Uh, I no, of course it's true. Of course, of course it's true. true. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot of sad songs like color. Yeah, like we say, color my world, just you and me. But those are really the only. Oh no, uh, wishing you were here is on is on the greatest hits. Okay. Um, but for the most part, that first that first uh, greatest hits. I mean, you know, beginnings is on there, which is in my top five favorite songs of all time. Okay. Uh, it's only the beginning. That one. Okay. Uh, 25 or 64 is on there. That's a rock song with horns. Yep. Uh, let's see. Just You and Me is on there. Wishing You Were Here. Call On Me is on there. Okay. Call On Me, Cass. Okay. So uh, not Blondie. No. Not the, that's a different uh, uh, song entirely. I, wait, how many am I up to? What did I do? Let me see if I can lay, name the, the songs on the greatest hits. Okay. Beginnings. 25 or 64. Color My World. Just You and Me. Make Me Smile. Okay. Wishing You Were Here. Call on me. Did I ever say call on me? I don't think so. I don't know what I've done now. Right now. Now it's a blur. That's seven. What are these other three? Oh, Saturday in the Park. Okay. Uh, does anybody know what time it is? Okay. I've been searching so long. I've been searching so long. And I'm in so yeah, that, long. I, I, I like all of that. I like all of that. And I like, because uh, for me in high school, it isn't right. I was a big Billy Joel fan. Big Billy Joel fan. Why is that not right? Because uh, the mocking over the last 37,000 years that I've received. You know what's interesting, Jackie, about that is I am very outspoken, and, and, I, and I've come around. I want to be very clear. Okay. I am outspoken on my hatred of Billy Joel. Oh, oh you, you're I, on record? I, I, am never on, I am on every record possible <laughs> on how I will punch him in his scraggly bearded face, and, uh, and that he's horrible. But but Christy Brinkley cleaned him up. Yeah, those songs were bought her a turtleneck. Yeah, they were the worst. That was the worst year. But all that said, I've right. come. I've come full circle. So no, full circle. I mean, I still oh, hate him. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've gone a complete one eighty. Right? Is that right? Yeah, three sixties full circle. Yep. I, uh, whereas, like, I admit that I'm wrong. It turns out it's one of those things where I just don't like the album. Uh, I, I don't like an innocent man. I don't like that album. Oh. And I don't like some uh, river of size. Okay. Other than that, it turns out I like a lot of Billy Joel. Yeah, those those two albums are just. I mean, they're they're just okay. <sighs> I mean, literally, an innocent man is him. He is a monkey throwing things at a wall. Right. It's grim. It's gr- some of them have a good beat, but they're gross. Oh, that's hunger. Yeah. Right. And, and just, the longest. Oh, oh, that's the number one. That's my number one. <laughs> Like, I want to murder right. him. Right. Well, it's because it's this homage to his own childhood, and you're like, stop. Stop, stop touching it. yourself. Nobody stop. wants to watch this. And uh But, but everybody, here's the weird thing. Everybody wanted to watch it. 
everybody that did. album was humongous because of MTV though I think that MTV made him some sort of weirdo star because Christy Brinkley and then I remember in college reading uh, an unauthorized biography of Billy Joel oh, somebody behind the scenes right <laughs> right where uh, it was just about the love story but it, it, it was older because he had broken up with Christy Brinkley and was then going out with a woman who was uh, 12 years younger than Christy Brinkley that looked exactly like Christy Brinkley mm-hmm. which made you want to bury him head first in the sand <laughs> And paint his feet with honey and then call ants. Yes. But, uh, it was so furious. But I love Cold Spring Harbor, yeah. which was one of his first, uh, his first, uh, album. It was, it was. That's after, his first one, isn't it? That is his first one, but the, he had a band before that called, I forget the oh, name of it. Yeah. But, uh, and then, but Cold Spring Harbor is one of my favorite albums of his. Yes. And then I love, I really enjoy Street Life Serenader a great deal and Nylon Curtain. I've been listening to Nylon Curtain actually for the last six months almost on nonstop. Really? Is that the yeah. one with the... Uh, Saigon. Dun, dun. It's got Saigon and Allentown. Panic or what's the name of that pressure. song? Pressure. Pressure. It's on there. Yeah, that's on there. That's not one of my favorites but uh, but I do... But it has... Uh, Scandinavian skies on mm. it, and it's got Laura. It's got it's it's interesting, and he's I love his saxophone playing. He's got that guy Anthony or Tony or whatever. Eh, I don't know the name of the band. Yeah, some guy from Jersey who also so, plays a musical exactly. instrument. He's a he's a guy maybe Long Island. He might have met him from. So uh, yeah. Uh, you know what my big problem is with Billy Joel, and it's not even his fault. What? It's his alcoholism. Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's not. Live your life, enjoy yourself. <laughs> It, and you know this is a comic going to one-nighters like we did in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And they would do the comedy show, and then the dance floor would open. And then eventually, usually most one-nighters were in a, like a college town. Okay. You, you know, uh, at least back then. That, that's a pretty nice one-nighter. I was doing some Best Western four-wall in it somewhere in the middle of uh But there nowhere. was a college nearby. Right. There might have been a college uh, nearby. Inevitably... And I, and by the way, I would stay there until they told me to leave because I was a drunk. Okay. Inevitably, Piano Man would come on. Oh, yeah. And every college frat idiot, they would join arms. And this happened nationwide. <laughs> right. And they would For sing along to Piano Man. Right. And it's like, you're 20. Yeah. You can't relate to this fucking song at all. Yeah. And it would infuriate I have more me. in common with this, and I'm 24. I, I'm working because I'm an entertainer who <laughs> right. sadly just performed here. Right. And everybody's going, you were great. Why are you here? Like, we literally lived that song. Right. And it would infuriate me to watch these these college kids who are right. there getting drunk, and then they're going to go do homework and go to class, yeah. thinking they can relate to this 40-year-old guy hashing out the key. Right, who so, just had his entire life stolen from him, which right? is why he's working at an LAX piano bar. Right? <laughs> yeah. You can't relate to that. So, why? Re- so stop it. Right. So I would, I, I again, I took but those all guys that were out on Billy Car- Joel. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Because they were also, I took it out on Kerouac. Because uh, I was like, because they're also reading Kerouac and Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, of course and, they are. And Bukowski. And you're like, yeah. you're none of those people. You are absolutely, I'm very sorry. Yeah. I, it's all working out, you and your suburban life. And you don't even have any student loans. I'm very, I, I can't. Can't even sympathize. You know what's funny? You say that you bring that up. It, it's uh, you know I listen to Sirius XM. Okay. And uh, uh, Raw Dog ninety nine is one of the channels I listen to. And I oh yeah, and I because they do the stand up. Yeah, standing up yeah. comedy. So I would <laughs> I, I will bounce around from the, on the channels. And Bill Hicks, who you know we I loved. Uh, yeah, Pioneer. Pioneer, great, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And and I know I'm going to get a lot of hipsters pissed off at me for saying this. Uh, this will be considered, if I can quote, but Phil Hendry, blasphemy! <laughs> he, I would say at that time in his life, eight out of ten jokes would be, well, I read a book. Right. Like it was a lot of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, oh you guys are making movies out there? I'm in New York. You know what we're doing here? Reading. Yes. Oh, look at him. He's a read. Like, Jesus Christ. We get it, Bill. You're smart. You're better than everybody. You're the smarty Magoo. Yeah. But here's the thing is uh what I th- I never, I never listened to stand-up comedy. Oh, as as a child, we we're Zig Ziglar, a lot of uh, sell the sizzle, not the steak, and so there was no stand-up comedy until I started doing stand-up comedy, and I didn't even know who Lenny Bruce was. How did you? Let me ask you a question. Sure. And this is not about the band Chicago, and I'm, and I'm mad that we're this far off. Topic. Exactly. We waited. No. You. How does one get into stand-up comedy if they're not into stand-up comedy? Uh one. Uh, accidentally goes to a stand-up comedy club and realizes that uh, you can drink there for free. And I heckled. I he- that was my first. I was the the biggest nightmare, right? I was a woman heckler, drunk woman heckler. Sam Kinison uh, was the first comic I ever saw live, and I heckled him. 
Yeah. Oh, and 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 How'd Sa- that go? Sam enjoyed women yeah. in the yeah. audience. Yeah, he loved women in the audience, and he's having the shittiest set of his life. By the way, where was this at? It was Bill Kinison owned the club, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, nineteen eighty four. 1985, 1984. So right when Sam was... Right before he blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was about to do Letterman, and he was uh, coked up and drunk at the same time, because yeah. that's what you want to be. You want to sort of find yeah, the right... Find, even it out. <laughs> and uh, I was in the front row of this dirt bag. It was a, it was a, the State Street Infirmary on State Street in Madison, yeah. uh, owned by Gus, the guy who owns... The, uh, the club in Madison now. Really? He owned that building. Wow. And, uh, State Street Infirmary Pool Hall, Coke Front. Underneath it, Comedy Cellar, owned by Bill Kinison. And, uh, the only people he could get to come were, uh, cause remember, this is supposedly the golden era. This is the boom, right? He would, uh, Bill Kinison would pay $250 plus airfare and you stayed in a shitty apartment for a week of stand-up comedy. So I went to, uh, to, to a show. For some reason, I'm 18, 19 years old. Yeah. We go to the comedy club. We're sitting there. I, it literally was, had to be the first time I was out in public. Uh, I am, <laughs> I had been told that every time somebody brings you a drink, you tip them a dollar. So. No, I, I don't, that's not, I don't That is that not crazy. the rule. It's it isn't not, crazy, but it's not at a comedy club. You run a tab. Yeah, run a tab, pay right. Uh, so this, I would, every time she would bring me a drink, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd give her a dollar. She was back. Every two oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, so I was hammered beyond redemption. Kinnison's having a hard set because he's uh, shit-faced. And so there's a pause, and I blurt something out that you cannot understand. I believe he said, I am from Peoria, and then waited too long, and I said, so I'm sorry. I know. Making uh, me the worst human being on the planet, but, by the way. But not only are you a drunk female heckler, mm-hmm. you said like just generic 101 oh, yeah. guy that like... Uh, Every time someone heckles me, by the way... You hear that. I I have to take a moment and go, oh, this is payback. Yeah. Payback, asshat. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's the worst. Because like, 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 that, the there's no response to There's it. no response. That's the equivalent to, uh, in my opinion, next... <laughs> and, and then remember we went through the phase of uh not not right right which there's no comeback to that because mm-hmm. they're like literally negating everything you just said yeah which by the way of course it's not that's comedy right there's gonna be a twist there's gonna be a twist turns out if you were to wait two fucking seconds yeah. there might have been a punchline not. that you would have enjoyed yes that was those are the ones that that always drove me nuts i'm sorry and I have a very specific time, I remember in my head, mm. of an audience member saying that, and I want to throttle them. Right. Next, and then not. Mm-hmm. Those were the three. And then although one time one guy, this happened one time in my life, <laughs> and I then was like, well, I got to have something prepared. I Some guy yelled out, nice forehead. And I <sighs> was like, I didn't know what to say back yeah. to it. So then, of course, I later I was like, uh, well, if that ever happens again, I'm going to, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I, I got to assume you're describing the VCR at your house, sir. Like, <laughs> like just this convoluted thing. And, and that happened in 19, like 90. Right. Nobody's ever yelled out nice forehead again. Again. Right. Well, because that's why the biggest, would they? That's the biggest, when you plan for the thing that's never going to happen right. again is fucking hilarious. Pardon me. Well, the one thing I did have to do is, uh, I would always get stand up because I'm not the tallest guy. Right. And so dumb. You know, a guy who feels a little emasculated because yeah. his girlfriend's laughing at me or his wife is laughing and, and like, oh, she can't, she doesn't find me funny and she finds this guy funny. Right. He, that's always they like, have to yell yeah, well, weird. why don't you stand up? Ugh. And then so I then, after maybe three or four times of that happening, I, w- I used to open my show by literally within two sentences mentioning my height in a subtle way. Yeah. So that when that happened, I would go, right, we, we covered that in the first second I was up here, exactly. sir. Exactly. Then that guy's. Stupid audience on my side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the preemptive, it's a preemptive strike. We're, we're, comedy is a lot like Iraq. Oh, it's very uh, similar. They're they're the enemy. They're the enemy until you have them on your side. The one of the worst, when I first started doing stand up, it was because I would occasionally get fat comments and, and it wasn't, and there was nothing to be done. There's uh, the worst time, hilariously, in retrospect, uh, very funny, but an entire group of frat guys chanting lose weight at me. Which is brutal. Brutal. But you just like, uh, all you can do is go, 
just I I believe at this entire it was a debacle. I started making fun of their girlfriends because I didn't know what else to do. Right. And which the girlfriends started whipping popcorn bags at me, and uh, it was a bad. <laughs> it wasn't the great choice. It wasn't a great show. So what I just did is I looked at my watch and I said another seven minutes they have to pay me the seventy five dollars. Uh, this was in the first year of doing stand up yeah, comedy, yeah. and but the thing is is that was saved because some guy in the front row offered me a joint, and he goes it'll be fine. Here, have this. And I said, I love this college. And, oh. uh, and then we moved on. But, um, there's so, but, but the woman, the woman, that's how I, I, I just, I went to the comedy show and the manager came up to me after I would not shut up because it's the worst, right? Yes. Women, it, even as a woman comic and there's women in the audience yelling, for some reason, the audience is still on her They're side. They're on their side. <laughs> unless, unless they are being a complete and utter tool. To it, like yeah. where it's like you can't, and people don't understand. That's like you should have ripped her apart. You can't. You can't until it's bad. Yes, until because if it, it's got to really be bad, or else you just look like a bully. Yeah, yeah, because you have a microphone and you are not. Drunk. And they're just a little gal. Right. They're just a little gal, after all. And they're just trying to have a good time. Right. Why you got to be so well? Because I'm working. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then, um, but the the crazy. Um, so the guy, the manager actually came up to me and told me to shut it. And he actually, in the, when he told me to shut up, he actually said, open mic is on Sunday. Ah! And literally. And he was being a dick. Yes. But two weeks later, I came back yeah, and did on open Sunday. mic. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That's how it happened. And that's funny because I actually say that to audience members. Like when they try to be funny, I go, yeah. open mic's on Sundays. Right. Is that, is that what it is, guys? Open mic on Sundays around here? <laughs> so come back and sign up, sir, because it sounds like you get a good start. Right. And then, uh, it was like heroin. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So six, seven months later, somebody mentioned Lenny Bruce and I was like, who, who, who's that? Right. And I was, uh, literally belittled. And then I went off and bought an album and it was lovely. And Lenny Bruce is very funny. But the thing is, is, is I think Bill Hicks did to even get back to whatever we were talking about yeah. is that Hicks, has been hacked so bad. Yes. That when you try to go back and listen to Hicks, having never heard Hicks, it's hard to do it. Well, you know, I listen, I'll tell you this. I bought, uh, I bought Dangerous on a cassette. Okay. And I remember telling Paul Gilmartin on a golf course, hey, have you heard this guy Bill Hicks? <laughs> and I only bought it because I was on the road all the time and right. I would just go to buy anything. Anything. To kill, so other than listening yeah. to Dr. Laura and Rush, yeah. uh, Limbaugh across the country. Right as you drove. Right. And because there wasn't satellite radio yet. Yep. So we got, you, you know, and luckily you drive in the afternoon and it's weird as it sounds as luckily because I was not, I'm not a fan and will never be a fan of Rush Limbaugh, but he would be on. And if you drove across the country, every station had him on. Yeah. So you never lost that. You never, yeah. You, you know, were, so you got to you hear his just, entire show and ugh. it killed four hours. Right. But I bought Bill Hicks and I remember thinking this guy is, is, is phenomenal. This is a yeah. genius. And then, uh, you're right. It, it, then, then it became a little hackneyed. Not his fault. Not his fault at all. But, you Because he was breaking ground. Yes. But he was the first guy who said, uh, who talked about porn. Right. And when people would get on his case, he'd be like, I am not alone. Right. You know, I am. And then everybody started. And now. Well, every, now everybody, everybody. If you don't talk about porn, something's wrong. Right. And so, but it's so funny because my, my romance novel bit is a little bit of an homage to that. Hmm. Because when I mention that I read an occasional romance novel, the audience shuts the fuck down. And I say out loud, which is possibly uh, stealing his joke, but also I, I don't think so, is that I am not alone. In reading romance right, novels, yeah, yeah. I am not sustaining a billion dollar industry by myself. And I had never heard that joke until uh, recently. Then, yeah. And I was like, oh shit, did I accidentally steal that joke? And I was like, well, I don't well, think you did. I don't think I did. And I don't care. It. Parallel uh, thinking. That's all. That's all. Now, now, true or false? Yes. Before we go back to Chicago. Yes. Uh, my first time ever to come to club, I heckled as well. Oh, really? No, true or false? Oh, that's right. It's a, it's an actual, uh, I gotta say false. No, it's true. Did uh, you as well? Yeah. Oh, it, uh, I can't tell you how psyched I am to hear that. It's, uh, the comedian was a guy named uh, Ricky Connor, okay. uh, who is no longer with us. And oh. he was doing a bit uh, about, I don't remember the bit, but it was about breasts. Okay. And he was for doing- For or against, huh? Uh, Boom. I'm here all week. What's it, what did you say? For or against. I think he was for them. Okay. All right. And uh, <laughs> he was doing, he was up there doing the thing, uh, African-American gentleman. Yep. And then it was getting laughs and then, then he just kept going and going and going. And then eventually it's silent and he goes, I said, and then it was like, and, and the audience was almost kind of turning against him because it was going on without a laugh. Right. And then he said, oh, did I go too far on this 
breast joke, and I go, yeah, I think you're milking the tit joke. Ooh. Place went freaking nuts. Right, because you, you, you essentially tagged the... F- I tagged his joke for him. Yeah. I tagged his joke. Yeah. And, you know, my friends were like, yeah, man, that's why you got to do this, man. That's right. why you got to be a comic. Right. Because uh, I had gone to this club to watch. It was either the first night I did an open mic, which was after the show, or it was the week prior. Right. Where it was like I went to investigate it. Right. Because I remember I was sitting yeah. in a booth with my friends. Uh, but it was like, this is why, Jimmy, this is why you got to do yeah. this, man. This is why you got to do it. And then, of course, now, 26 years later, yeah. hey, prick, shut your mouth. Right. You know what I mean? Right. The wins, I have, we've all been in that situation, though, when somebody says something in the audience that tags it that is hilarious. Yeah. And all you can do is go touche. Well, you have to, three points. Now, early on in my career, though, uh, in fact, it was Larry Wilmore that gave me this advice. Okay. Uh, because I was, uh, that guy's a good comic. I like Larry Wilmore oh, a great deal. And he's a great television producer and he's right, got a right. lot of great ideas. And, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to take a stand, folks. Larry Wilmore, good guy. He's doing okay. Out. I like Larry. Uh, I was working in Indianapolis with him and it was that where it was like, you know, I mean, I've now found exactly how to deal with an audience and, right. and that's, I've made my it living doing occurs. it. It occurs. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it's like I would almost go fishing for hecklers. Okay. So that I could make them look stupid. Oh, okay. That was kind of what I was doing. Yep. Uh, I didn't know I was doing that. Right. You d- but I was doing that. Right. And then sure enough, same deal. One time a guy, blah, blah, blah. I might have even been struggling. Right. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're stupid, sir. He says something back. It got a big laugh. And then it was, go fuck yourself. And I went nuts. And then afterwards, Larry goes, you know, they're not always stupid. They're not always wrong. And it was like, I'd only been doing comedy. This was maybe 91. Mm -hmm. So maybe, what is that, a year and a half, two years at the most. Right. And it was like, wow, that may be the best piece of advice, even to this day, that I was ever given. Because it's like, I mean, obviously I would have found it out and figured it out myself. Right. But, but it was but like, just it's laugh. nice to have been, t- just laugh. Just laugh. Just give it to him. Just give it to him because then you, you look like you're having fun. You're yes. in on it. Yes. And you don't have to, for There's, lack of a better word, you don't have to win everything. Right. You could be part of it. You're yes. there together. Yeah. It's, it's a group, it's a group in, de- uh, yeah. But totally, you know, early on great. as a comedian, that's early great. on though, you're afraid like, well, if that guy gets a laugh, I'm not going to get rebooked. Right. Well, oh, that guy got in the audience got a bigger laugh than I did. The owner saw that. <laughs> You know, all right. the bullshit that goes through our heads when right. we first Right, the committee start. meeting that's being held. Uh, <laughs> I, I say. like that phrase. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I had the committee meeting to Robert, uh, Bobby, Bobby Lamb, Bob E. Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Lamb. And so what I, what I'm, the only thing I'm willing to do recently I've decided is that, that makes the committee meeting even acceptable is that I only read abridged minutes. Nobody needs to hear the whole minutes. Funny. It's, uh, that's, as long as I keep it abridged, keep it tight, um, no, I'm not going to lose friends. I have to go back to Chicago for a minute. Yep. Do please do because now of this. Time. We got we got. I forgot this. about Lou Pardini. You did it. Lou Pardini replaced Bill Champlin about six years ago. What does he play, Lou Pardini? Uh, keyboards and uh, sings, and he's a great vocalist. And a that great was the last couple of years. Yeah. Okay. And he is phenomenal. And I will tell you this: younger was, man, sixties? No, probably fifties. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, maybe low sixties. But uh, I have seen Chicago since 1981. How I've many seen, times? Uh, More than ten. Seventy-five. Holy crap! 100? All right, hundred times. I used to maybe. say it was a hundred. I don't think that's accurate or okay. even realistic. Right. But it's between fifty and seventy-five. Okay. Um, if they came to Chicago and they used to come and do three nights at a venue, yeah, I would go all three nights. Oh my god! I was that guy. Okay. Um, like uh, in eighty-six, just to see different sets. Nope. Oh, just oh, they no. wouldn't do different sets. No. I would just go because I'm the biggest Chicago fan in the world. And, okay. And you're wearing a shirt. I wore it yeah, in, in honor. In honor. You're wearing a bit, nice baseball shirt. I didn't know if Chicago. you took a photograph for the website. <laughs> so I wore a Chicago shirt. Well, now I'm going to. Um, but no, I didn't. I, the idea that a Chicago concert could be going on in my town and I'm not at it was not even. Right. Like that was, I was going. Right. Uh, okay. You know, like I, I went to see them with my, with my dad, took me once and cause okay. I, I wasn't able to drive. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I saw my Chicago Fest forever where I would see the matinee and the nighttime show. Okay. Uh, one time Gary, Shera and I, uh, our friends did not want to stay for the late show. Okay. And so they were our ride and Gary and I were like, we'll figure out a way home. So we walked around Soldier Field, you know, yep. where they play football. Yeah. We walked around going, is anybody going to Oak Forest? Is anybody going to Oak Forest? <laughs> and a guy goes, I'm going, but I don't have, uh, you can sit in the back of the pickup. Okay. That's fine. So we drove, you know, which is against the law now. Right, right. And probably was then. 
I doubt it. But we sat in the back of this. Uh, I think as long as you guys were wearing leashes that were real tight. I don't think so we were wearing any sort of leashes. <laughs> you didn't jump out. I probably had nine Chicago shirts on because I had to buy every souvenir as well. <laughs> Did you, do you still have many Chicago shirts? You know shirts? what happened, Jackie? What happened? Here's, here's, Sad here's how effing nuts Jimmy Pardo is. How it? I, my mom moved three years ago. Okay. From Oak Forest, my childhood, my, well, my, my high school. We moved there in 80 for high school, and right. my mom lived there until three years ago. Okay. When she moved, there was a box of all my old Chicago and all concert t-shirts oh, okay. that I put on eBay mm-hmm. and made a gazillion dollars. Oh, that's hilarious. You know what? That is shrewd. Then. You bought them all back. Bought them all back. <laughs> you didn't. Not, I, obviously. You bought for different. Wow. But all the ones that I sold, I then went, you know what? I liked that shirt. And I went on eBay, and I rebought. Every one of those shirts like an a-hole. This is a beautiful story. This is a story that I think we can all learn from in the Dork Forest. This- save, save your souvenirs. <laughs> save, save your... But the idea of... Like, I saw what the prices were going for. Yeah. On eBay, I was like, well, I can... And I did. I made a lot because I was selling T-shirts from 81, 82, 83 yeah. that weren't on eBay. The, right. the Chicago ones. So the, all these Chicago fans that were either new fans or new collectors... Lost oh my god, I can get the, I can get the Chicago 16 tour shirt? Mm. You know, $175. Like, I mean, I was making bank. And then I eventually went back and bought them all. And, uh, and they, and they're ill-fitting. Right. I can't wear them. <laughs> I just have them now. It's like. Right. You got to create a diorama of the people you yes. most admire. Uh, is what you got to do. Shadow boxes. Shadow boxes. Shadow boxes. Yeah. That'd be a. Which was a big hit by Andy Gibb. <laughs> oh, I Sh- had that album. Shadow dancing. It's, uh, the first album, the first concert I ever went to, Ario Speedwagon. Uh, what year? Give me the year and I'll tell you who opened. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe. 81. Uh, no, I can't tell you who opened. At the World Series of Rock. Uh, in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin at County Stadium. Oh, so there was like five bands on that show. Oh yeah. April Joan Wine. Joe Jett. April Wine. April Wine. And Triumph. Nope. Um, it was, uh, April Wine. April Wine's and a Canadian one other, band. One other band. There was, it were three bands. And then REO, cause they were in yeah. one, they were at the peak of their powers. Yeah, they were, uh, and I went just because, uh, a friend of mine was like, we're going to go see this band. And I was like, I don't know what that band is. And then I knew every song. Of course. Of and then, um, yeah, that was a, that was a crazy, and it was, and we each had a beer and a half. I think I was 14. And then I saw Heart that same year. Wow. It was the, it was a big concert year for me. Yeah. I, I, I don't like live music. It turns out. Oh, is that true? It's loud. It's I love loud. it. I like it in album form mm. in my vehicle. I will go to, I will, I, I, Still put, to this I will day. go to any concert. Okay. If, if I'm available, right, and that's not true. I was just invited to one, and I'm not going. And it was it was hard to say no. I will right. tell you that I love you I love, love live music concerts. I love them. And okay, I, and, I, and I think a what do you lot love it, about them? I think it's nostalgia. Okay, I think it's the feeling I used to get as a kid waiting in line, like sleeping out overnight to buy Journey tickets. Okay, or sleeping out overnight to buy uh, Triumph, you, as I mentioned. And you got to do you got to you got to sleep out overnight. Oh when yeah, you were a kid. out in front of uh, Sears at Orland Square. Oh, that's awesome. And we would sleep outside and. um you know, and, and it was a, a neat party. Like I didn't do drugs or anything yeah. or drink even. Right. But everybody else was. Right. But somebody would put a boom box. If it's journey, we listened to journey for nine hours. Oh my God. You know what I mean? From yeah. midnight to 9 a.m. We listened to journey. Well, that's really cool. And then we'd cool. all buy our ticket. It was a great. So I remember all of that. So going to concerts to me is basically that bringing it's all that community. Back. That's yeah. what that is. That's awesome. That's community. Jimmy Pardo. This has been a treat. Are this has done? been, we are done. We have four minutes if you want. Well, if we want, we have three minutes. Okay. I got, I, I got three actually. All right. I got, all right. What, how would you like summation? Well, first of all, we gotta, we gotta tell people podcast-a-thon, live streaming at nevernotfunny.com. Right. Never Not Funny, your weekly podcast, uh, on Earwolf. Yes. With Mr. Matt Belknap. Yes. Oh, and, and on podcast-a-thon, it's me, Matt Belknap, and Pat Francis. Yep. And the three of us are there for all 12 hours. All 12 we hours. We are there for 12 hours. We have it, a different guest every half hour. Every half hour. Uh, there's a... I can tell you confirmed at this time our Weird Al Yankovic. Nice. Uh, Jason Thompson from General Hospital. Okay. Uh, you know, Scott Ackerman, Paul of Tompkins. Okay. Uh, I'm forgetting one other, Sarah Silverman. Okay. And there's others, but right. those are the only ones I can remember at the time. Rich Off Summer hand. from Edmund. Okay. Oh, uh, he's great. He's been on the Dork Forest talking uh, games. Yeah, that is a board game man. Yes, he is. He's a man of and board game. I'm going to say on the record, away from my show, mm-hmm. uh, 
there are about five people in this world that they're my favorite people. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, and, and Rich Summer is one of them. Oh, he's a. Dave uh, Holmes is another. Okay. Have you had Dave Holmes on? I haven't. I haven't. He's a, no reason not to. You should have him on to talk about 80s music and 90s music. Okay. He is great. Okay. Well, then I will. Dave Holmes. He is great. Dave, if you're listening, uh, Jackie at JackieCation.com. Email me. I could tell, I should tell you this. He does not care for you. <laughs> so he's probably not listening. I probably, you know what? I made a mistake even bringing it up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, November Excellent. 28th, Parkcastathon. We are raising money for Smile Train. Last year we raised $144,000. Our goal is to beat that. We are close to raising, uh. $144,000. That sounds gross. Anyway, boom. Ladies and gentlemen. Whoa, that's a nice piece of business, Jackie Kashan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then JimmyPerno.com. If people want to see you do, uh, stand up comedy out of your joke hole, what yeah. if they want to do that? Is it, you got tour stuff on JimmyPerno.com? Yeah, I do, but I don't really have a lot coming up. I've got, uh, Flappers in Burbank at the beginning of December. Excellent. I'm there, uh, Thanksgiving weekend myself. I'm there. I think it's the week after that. Right after that. Excellent. Uh, and then I don't have anything till the end of January. Uh, uh, the, the name of the place is Wise Guys in Salt Lake City. Oh, there you go. I think I'm there in March. Which, uh, I, it's one of my favorite clubs. Trolley Square? Trolley Square. The other one? No, the other one, which I prefer. I like Trolley Square. So look at us liking all of Salt Lake City. I don't, I don't like Trolley Square. I don't like the, the people that go to that particular show. They're very nice to me. They're very lovely. I don't like the nachos. What's interesting. Uh, interesting life choices. Here's the good news. Yeah. Uh, people get to go wherever they want to go, man. That is the good news, brother. <laughs> uh, let me say this. Yeah. Again, uh, if you just want to dip your feet in the water with Chicago, yep. they have a new 40th anniversary best of that kind of encapsulates all 40 years, obviously. That's uh, hilarious. And it's got awesome. the, it's got the Warner Brother years, which are the 80 year, the 80s and 90s where everybody kind of yeah. shrugs them off. Yeah. And then it's got the, the stuff from the 70s. So you get the best of both worlds. Okay. Um, that's a great place to start. But if you want to be the guy that says, no, I want to immediately jump into albums. Yeah. CTA. I mean, they literally started with the best. Okay. And then Chicago five, two is great. Chicago five is great. Uh, I think Chicago 16 and 17 One, are great. Two, five, 16 and 17. And then Hot Streets and 13 and 14, <laughs> which are, hang on. Those are the bastard child. Yeah. Those are the ones like everybody's like, oh, those are the worst albums ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's great stuff on there as well. What about nine? Nine's got greatest hits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like, you're like, you just want to, you might also want to look into 20. One and two. Tw 22. Maybe three. I don't know if you've four. ever, have you tried six? I don't know. Uh, they're yeah. all good. Anyway. Well, they're not. They're not. I mean, they're, and there's shit on every album. Oh, sure. But here's the thing about an album. I say four good songs. That's a hell of an album. You're going to do better than that here. You're going to do better than that with most of these. All right. Some you won't. <laughs> Some you won't. <laughs> Ladies, Rangers. Yeah. We have, we have listened to a good solid 40 minutes about Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've. And I didn't even get into it. I didn't even dork out as much as, uh, I could have. We've grown. I think we've grown as people. As, as America. Well, foreigners, uh, let me just tell you. Foreigners? Well, so, some, not, not the band foreigner. I'm just saying that we, we, we have some, uh, we have some overseas li mm. listeners. They've also grown as Americans. And, but what I have this to say, thank you so much for listening. Rangers, you know the rules. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?